Welcome, welcome. You're now tuning in to Top 5 Podcast, the weekly millennial podcast where we unpack what's relevant in the culture. Everything from music, sports, politics, and anything in between. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the vibes. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back. We are here with another show, Top 5, uh, your everyday millennial podcast where we unpack everything relevant to the culture. Of course, it's, uh, you know, I'm here today kicking it off. Me, Mike, we got Keys. What's going on? All right, we got TB. Yeah. First lady of the podcast, Ms. Jovi E. No, that's right. First lady. <laughs> and of course, we got my man Duke. All right. And then we got a special guest here today as well. You know, Duke, he's been around the world in the back. So, uh, you know, one of his travels, he made a great contact and he was able to bring him on to the show today. So I toss it over to Duke, man. Duke, go ahead and introduce our guest. What's good? What's good? Another week, another week. Uh, yeah, man. So we got my man Helen from Ohio, um, currently stationed in Chicago. In some time, I was able to, uh, you know, do some grad school in New York and I, I got introduced to, you know, one of my homies who, um, you know, became a brother at the end of the day. So, um, you know, over time, this man has been very impactful in my life, impactful in the youth's lives in Chicago. And, um, you know, this is my homie, Darrell Banks. Welcome to the show. You were, you were, what's what I say? You a citizen, brother. Welcome to the show, homie. What's up? Appreciate you for having me, man. Ple- uh, pleasure to meet you all. Uh, Duke, you know, always a pleasure to talk to you and speak with you, man. Um, yeah, man, my name is Darrell Banks. I previously mentioned I originally was born in Ohio. I was raised in Chicago. Uh, some call it Shot Rack, but I, you know, we like to call it Chicago. It's uh, its proper name um, and things of that nature. But uh, yeah, like I said, it's a pleasure to be on the show um, and look forward to continuing you know, this thing we have going. Nah, that's a fact. Tell, tell, the, tell the people a little bit about yourself, man, and what you what you bring to the table. You know, I, I know you bring the whole plate. You know, uh, I know you, you know, you, you, you might you might dunk on a cat here or there, but but tell them a little bit about what you got going on. Uh, man, I, right now I'm, I'm a coach, basketball coach, and also a trainer. Um, pretty much just fell in love with the game of basketball at an early age. Uh, and kind of seeing that it, you know, could bring some great things um, within my life at a young well. And so I kind of just stuck with it, um, you know, fell off here and there, you know, maybe a year in play. But for the most part, basketball has always been like, you know, the passion for me has always been a sense of guide for me. Um, and so I just used it. And so I'm I'm back home where it all started um, in Chicago, um, a better place to be. Um, I'm really uh, – have a privilege and opportunity to impact uh, neighborhoods and communities around me. Not not alone, uh, not even my own things of that nature. Uh, but it's a blessing to be a part of anything such as this. Uh, to be considered a servant, um, a vessel in life is uh, I think it's the ultimate blessing in life. Um, everything else is null and void in my my opinion. Um, I rent for being here 
living on this world is what we do for others anyway. So yeah, that's just a little, a little gist of what I'm into. Uh, just a real passionate young man, um, you know, grew up a little, I guess, different from my peers, some of my peers, as far as, you know, some high school, college, even grad school. Um, but um, I don't want any pity also in, in, this, in the same breath of uh, saying that. Um, I, don't, I don't want any pity. I have the same 24 hours as the next woman and man. So, uh, yeah, I wouldn't ask for life, personally. <laughs> I would, uh, I would probably do it all over again, actually, if I could. Um, everything that I've went through experience has made me exactly who I am at this very point in my life. Um, and it's done some great things for me. So yeah, that's pretty much a little gist of, of the rail. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Ron in grad school around 2017. Uh, first day we met, man, it's like, it was like I, I already knew a real cool guy real, you know, down to earth guy, uh, pretty much like myself, he's passionate, you know, just, just want to get to it. Uh, only way to really get to it is just, you know, the work. We got this little motto that we can also been kind of picking up on us brick by brick. Um, and that's like, you know, no matter what it takes, whatever step you got to take, you know, whether it's an inch or a mile, you got to, you know, just take it, you know, you know, to make sure that you get to where you uh, want to be in this thing called life. Um, because at the end of the day, you control your own destiny. Uh, you control where you really want to be in life. Nobody really has ultimate control over you. Um, you should never release your sovereignty to anybody, personally. Uh, That's really commendable. Um, I have a question for you. So I hear that you coach um, and you train. Is is there something that you look for in the athletes to like bring to the table um, if you're going to cultivate that you know that talent and push them forward? Yes, first and foremost, um, I, it's effort and initiative, um, energy. You have to come with it yourself. You can't be taught effort. You can't be taught energy. Um, nobody can want anything for you. Um, and so I let all my players uh, know that. Um, some of them come with it already because they've been coached and, you know, been brought up through the game a different way. Um, they understand the discipline that it takes. And some of them don't, which don't make either one less or more better. Um, but yeah, you gotta have energy and effort and, and, and some sense of like, I wanna be here because I can't make you wanna be here. Um, and then at the end of the day, like I tell them, you know, um, I don't try to be too harsh on them with this, but you know, I'm not their parents. Uh, so I don't have to baby you. I don't have to, I don't have to deal with the, the lack of, you know? So it's a different expectancy. And I think once they come across that threshold and they see like, well, he, He's cool, but he also means well. He wants us to get the best of out, out of this as possible. So they they come around. I never had I never had any one of them that like, oh, I'm tired of this, man. I want to quit. It's always been like, okay, I see what you're saying. So I, I could do that, you know. I had a, it's funny because one of the most impactful coaches that I've ever had in my life, she was a hard ass. There's no way to put it in that, but we know, like it rubs some of the teammates of the wrong way, but we know that it came from her passion, from her heart, you know, to the point that in games, like she would, she would wear heels and sometimes she would stomp her foot so hard that she would put a dent in, in the heel. 
or like if we lost, like we already knew, like if we lost however many amounts that we lost by, that's how many suicides we had to do like right after the game type, you know? Um, but I just say that to say like, it's, we know like as a, as a student of basketball, you know, it, we know that it comes from, you know, the passion that yeah. our coaches and our mentors have for the game. So that's really yeah, the pure love, just the pure love for the game. I got a question. Yeah. Um, so doing what you do right now, who did you grow up like looking up to, or even right now, like who, like, is there anybody that like inspires you type of thing? Um, well, I had, I had older brothers. So my, my brothers, two of my brothers for sure played basketball. Um, and then also I wouldn't even say this other thing was a person. I would just say life uh, also was that a uh, big influence for me to play the game because I was able to find an escape. I was able to, you know, get away from the things that were going on at home or whatever it was. I was kind of like, and I understood at a young age, like, okay, man, when I'm in this space, I'm peaceful. Um, I'm not even angry. I'm not, I don't have any sense of tension or, you know, I'm not, I'm not against anybody. I don't feel like I'm, you know, when you're a kid, you, you deal with a lot of tension and anger that you're not taught how to deal with. Um, and so I was able to find something that could cope that and deal with that. So I would say my, my two big brothers, um, life itself. Um, yeah, and yeah, I would just say those three things kind of motivated me. And, you know, and growing up, I had three coaches that kind of were like, um, like Ms. Jovi said, with like hard asses, like really like, like no nonsense, like we'll kick you out of practice. Well, if you come a minute late, you the door is locked, you know? So I understood that at a young age and that dealt with responsibility. And, and, and being accountable and, and, and taking initiative to being on time and coming to practice and being coachable and things of those nature. So those three things definitely were, you know, my main three influences and also, you know, some coaches as well. With, with those influences, my bad, TB. With those, no, good, good. with those influences, do you implement, you know, those influential things and, and skills into Hustle Academy? Oh, very much so. Very much so. Um, majority of its foundation comes from that. Uh, majority of the buildup comes from that. Um, the principles, the the discipline that comes from that comes from the way that I was coached and how I was coached and how coaches did certain things and things of that nature. So, yeah, very much so. I love the fact that you represented Chi-Town, man. And uh, a lot of people don't realize Chicago has a rich basketball history. Like, I mean, they, I mean you look across the league, I mean, if you if you go city by city, Chicago's up there with the best. I mean, guys like Anthony Davis, uh, we already know Derrick Rose, um, you know, tons of people, Eric Gordon, Evan Turner. Yeah, Thomas, Benji Wilson. Yeah, man, I was just about to say, man, even all the way back to, you know, Benji in, in the early days, man. And just tell us about, I guess, the, the basketball scene in Chicago, man. And just, I mean, y'all, it feels like y'all breed different ballers. And like, I say, D-Wade from Chicago, too, I think. Yeah, like, I, I, we go on and on. We go on and on. But like, Mark Aguirre. Yeah. A couple yeah. guys from the city, man. Do you uh, feel like, like that same that same energy and that same legacy is carried down in kids today? Do you feel like it's, it's something different? Or is that something that's just always going to be a part of the city? Yeah, basketball is always going to be the part of, part of Chicago. Um, like you mentioned, man, it's rich, it's rich in history. Um, man, from, from players, from, um, man, a, a bunch of players like Mark Aguirre, Isaiah Thomas, um, um, the Derrick Roses, the Jabari Parkers, the, the, um, 
man, the Adam Millers, you know what I mean? The IO, the, the Samus, you know, guys that are about to go to the NBA, you know, as of now. But yeah, basketball has always been, it's been kind of like the, the tool for the, especially for the youth. Um, bunch of shorties play basketball. It's their way out. Um, you know, a lot of kids take this kind of serious. serious. Um, they see it as a way out. Um, but we, we have to kind of shift um, the culture as far as like them understanding the education of, of basketball, meaning like it's a lot of us that are talented and we go off to whatever school that we go off to, but we like discipline. We like, we like the sense of obedience. We like, and that, and that comes with grades and understanding that you need your grades, for example. You know, a lot of these kids are very talented, but in the classroom, they, you know, and it's like as coaches, um, that job is our job. Whether you're coaching them in the summer, whether you're coaching them as your, you know, that's your your your, your player and things of that nature, we're 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 kind of failing these kids as far as preparing them for life. And basketball is supposed to be that that tool to prepare them for life. Uh, it's it's less than getting baskets and under, you know understanding the X and X and O's. It's the life lessons that you get taught in basketball, the discipline, the the being on time, the taking initiative, the being accountable. You know. Either those things translate into life. Those, just, you know. quick, the, the reasons that those things play into real life, or even if you do make it into the NBA, is because if you're not showing up on time, it's a fine. They take money out your pocket. You don't have the proper etiquette when you're in front of the camera to speak for yourself. That's a fine. They take money out of your pocket. Yeah. And it translates to like the NFL multiple sports, you know, like if you don't have those that discipline early on, that's money out your pocket that the league is taking from you at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. I, I appreciate that you're like really instilling that, but um, also like make that connection for them because I know that connection was never made for me growing up. Mm -hmm. I just thought my coach was being a hard ass. Like, why does it matter if we're on time or not? Why does yeah. it matter if I'm dressing for success on game days or not? And now I understand exactly. as an adult, like, yeah. oh, because this is what you would have to do if you, when you really make it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and pick, to piggyback on what you said, like, what if you don't, you know, you don't go professionally, but in life, you know, you, you will understand, you know, the things that will be sufficient. And that's, you know, that's what it's about. You know, the things that's what it's about to me, most importantly, yeah, I like, you know, teaching the kid how to make a certain layup or, you know, tighten up on his jump shot and things of that nature. But my thing is the life lessons, the, the, Hey, if you don't lock in on your jump shot and things like that, you can you can go from making three to missing five consecutive just because you're not just locked in. And that's just and that translates to your books. If you're not locked in on your books and you're not doing the proper studying to make sure that you pass that course, then you're gonna fail. You're gonna miss five in a row. You know, you touched, you touched on a good point earlier about like coaches really not caring about like the grades and stuff like when I grew up there wasn't really a lot of like so I grew up in New York City so there was basically a lot of like AAU teams yeah. or like yeah. teams that like play in the different tournaments like Rucker and Dykeman there was a lot of coaches that really didn't care if you was At doing all. good in school or just even going to class they just knew you could hoop and it was like all right come on like I could probably count on my on my fingers like how many times a coach has asked me like oh what's your GPA or you know what I'm saying outside of like the few coaches that I had that was like really looking looking out for people but like other than that I feel like looking out for like your grades or in the classroom was like a lost art with like coaches and that's not 
college, oh. even in college, the same coaches is taking, is having you take BS courses so that you pass in. But then if that basketball falls through, now you don't have anything, anything and, to fall back on, you know? And it's like the whole reason you're even in school is for the education, you know, because it's like anything can happen in sport. You can, you can hurt your leg, you can sprain your ankle, you can be out. You know, so what's your backfall? And I think, you know, to back uh, to piggyback on what TB was saying, like, yes, it is a lost art. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's very, very lost. Uh, a lot of these coaches really only care about how, how the kid plays. And I think that's such a disjustice to the young man, um, to the young lady, you know, even for that matter as well. Um, and, and it's almost like we're not, I wouldn't say me, um, but I would say, you know, coaches are kind of like trying to live vicariously through these, these young student athletes is like, you know, like enabling oh. them. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and yeah, you know exactly what you're doing because it's like when they get out into this real world and they have to make decisions on their own, they're not going to be able to, because they're, they've been kept about with you making decisions for them and not being healthy decisions for that matter. Um, but for me, um, I don't, me personally, I don't, I don't play that. Uh, I went to, um, I, I had the privilege of uh, attending urban prep charter school man which was like the first uh charter public school in uh in uh inner city and so you know and then i also grew up with grandparents who kind of really just didn't play that like they just you know no nonsense like um if you come in if I, if you're coming home and i'm taking care of you or i'm probably providing you with food and clothes on your back the last thing you should be doing is coming in here with good grades um and so we i never really had problems with grades uh and so kind of let the, the young fellas know that we would definitely have, grades would not be a problem. I would rather, I would rather have a, com, a conversation with you about your behavior than your grades, personally. Uh, that's just me. Grades should never be a problem. You can't, you can't get into anything or do anything uh, collegially without your grades. Um, and so I try to definitely instill that in those, uh, in the young man. But for the most part, I don't really have bad, I have problems with my, uh, the, the kids that I train with Hustle Academy or the uh, kids that I, you know, have the privilege of coaching at uh, Leadership Academy. So we pretty much have that down pat. That's great. I don't know. I don't know how the basketball scene is in um, Chicago. I know that in Florida, um, the bigger name schools like that have like the best athletes, especially for basketball and football, are usually predominantly like private white schools that like recruit these big name athletes to their program in hopes of like all of these other things is that is that the same case in chicago um no so chicago by being also diverse and very segregated at the same time um some of the top schools are predominantly black um like Simeon, um derrick rose come from there predominantly all-black team, um, Bogan High School, predominantly all-black team, Or High School, predominantly all-black team. Whitney Young is probably like one of those top teams that have Caucasians because they're, they live on a certain part of town. They live up north. So up north is predominantly where the, you know, the Caucasian teams are. Down south is where all the, you know, inner city kids, African-American kids pretty much play at and things of that nature. But also, what a lot of things is going on is inner city kids are leaving their schools and going to the suburban schools because it's it's almost like 
yeah, they're good competition there, but if they go to suburban school, they probably will be the best in that class, which will help their eventual stock when they become seniors and things of that nature and they're trying to go to uh, schools and things of that nature. Um, and then also suburban schools transfer and go and play inner city because the play in inner city is much tougher. Um, the skill level is, is much better and things of that nature. Um, you know, when you're good. Like uh, the difference between being a big fish in a little and pond. A little, pond. A little fish in a big pond. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Uh, like, for example, um, um, Hustle Academy's own Ola Ajiboy, he left, he transferred from Von Steuben, which was like a, a little school. He was a big fish in a little pond and went in and became a little fish in a big pond. And it worked out for him and things like of that nature. He's now waiting to, you know, sign and things. So it, it turned out for him. Yeah, right. And things of that nature. Um, and also a lot of kids. What are you doing? Hello? Yeah, you're here. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so a lot of kids, <laughs> so what a lot of kids are doing also, like um, Hustle Academy's own Jamari Ward, he left his um, suburban high school and went prep. He went prep school to get a, a much better experience, um, to get, um, understand better competition, to play against better competition, uh, to compete on a much higher level. Um, so now he has come back home and now he's committed to the University of, Dubu of Dubuque of Iowa. Um, so now, you know, that is working out for him. Um, he said he's benefited greatly from the prep school circuit and the prep school um, play and things of that nature. So that's, you know, that's always good. So it's kind of a mix of, a mix of both. Um, but back to uh, what you said, uh, Mike, yeah, Chicago basketball is very, 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 very rich, man. It's almost like New York. Um, I know me and TV could probably go back and forth about which, which city is the best, who produces the best ball players, things of that nature. But it'll be a long honestly, hour. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> New York got New York got some hoopers, man. New York got some real hoopers. You know what I mean? I I've had the pleasure of meeting Kenny Anderson, who's currently the head coach at at my alma mater at Fisk University. He's from New York. He went to art, you know. I think he went to Archbishop Malloy. Um, you know, like did some great things for uh, for New York and, and end up going to Tech and playing great basketball. Um, so yeah, that's a good so, basketball school too, Malloy. Yeah, it's a it's a great basketball yeah. team. It's a great basketball team. I might have the pleasure of um, working with Bishop Lachlan up there. You know, Damn, the, okay. the, yeah, where the two where the two twins are now, and one is at St. John's and the other one is at Pittsburgh now. That's tough. Yeah, yeah, the Champagne twins, the Champagne twins. Yeah. So yeah, man. Um, even hearing you talk about these things and then like the high school aspect, the first thing that came to my mind was who, like, you know, and like, I, that's one of my favorite movies because it shows the matriculation. Kids, you know, from the inner city Chicago, one of them decided that, like you said, you know, to go to a different high school and it didn't work out for them. It showed kids that sometimes, you know, these, these coaches can pull you in and it's not all, you know, glitz and glamour. Like, you know, a big yeah, 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 you know, the big player is these private schools coming in and doing that. And, um, you know, people like you are extremely intricate because you can, you know, kind of help guide them through that process, let them know what they yeah. should look for. Because a lot of times kids just, you know, they just want to get that exposure, but they're not thinking, all right, is this the best place for me? Am yeah. I going to get that exposure? Am I going to get a chance to do what's best? And ultimately, is it going to be the right place for me to get my education? So, yeah, I, I agree. Like I, like, I tell, like I tell all my athletes, man, I always tell them, you know, make sure that you, you know, you 
most importantly, make the best decision for yourself. But, you know, make sure you're going out there and you're getting something. You know, you're learning, you know, whether you're getting the education, you know, whether or not, you know, the people, the coaches that you're dealing with, that you really will be developed the way that you need to be so that you can make that next that next leap. Um, and it's not about, like I tell them, man, uh, stop chasing the trends also. You know, stop chasing those trends of like, oh, I got to be signed and, oh, I need to also go to a D1 school. I also tell my players, hey, go to a D2, go to a D3, go to a JUCO because I've met some players, you know, and JUCOs who are hungry and that will give that will give players at D1 levels real buckets, like, like real life, you know, real buckets, you know, and things of that nature. So I try to tell them like, man, you know, make sure you're making a real decision, man, because this decision can change literally the whole trajectory of your life, man. Like you, you think it's it can go one way, man, but one split decision where you're not fully thinking and you're not thinking it through, whether you're thinking it with your parents or it's with yourself, you know, it could, it could change you, um, and you know, it's like why why be in a rush as well? They want you, so why be in a rush? They want you, uh, and, and so you know, I've been pushing this ACU uh, route as well. So in in a, in a couple more years, and not if not the next year. I'll be having somebody at probably Bowie or Fisk or, you know, Howards and things like that, man. And you got to start pushing that envelope um, much heavier and also than it's being pushed. I also think that it's kind of, it's also running the line of that, that trend thing, but not really um, in, in the space. Uh, but also these HBCUs got to provide real uh, funding for these Africans. Well, um, we have to, we have to give these kids the, the necessary uh, anonymities that, you know, that, that it makes sure that they're successful, just like these D1 kids are and et cetera. And they're, you know, their competition and things of that nature. But yeah. No, nah, that's, that's great that you touched on HBCUs. Cause uh, I was, I was thinking, do you think that there could be a uh, one and done from a f- uh, several of these H- HBCUs? Plenty of them. Plenty of them. It should be, it should be some one and dones at Tennessee state as we speak, but it should, it might be Hersey Miller, masterpiece son, um, just recently signed there. So I think that's good. Uh, that'll, that'll start, start sparking some real interest. Don Maker is at Howard, but he doesn't really have any help down there. Uh, they're not also recruiting some other top, you know, E100 kids or whatever it is. They're not recruiting um, in a facet that they can because they can, they can attract a lot of, a lot of good people. It's Howard University we're talking about. Um, yeah, but I, I think I think it could be some one and dones, but it's, it goes back to what I'm saying. We have to really invest in our programs. We have to really invest in these basketball programs, whether it's for the women or the men at HBCU programs. Um, I think it's just not a lot of it's not a lot of care. It's just you know, it's just you know, we we care, but we don't really care. For me, it's like a question of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. Like what comes first, like these big name students or athletes um, committing to the school that makes them want to put more money and resources into the program? Or is it the like money and resources first that will attract those big name athletes? You know, it's like a catch 22 yeah, kind of. But I think first and foremost, before all that um, comes about, these schools have to be genuinely interested though in this idea. It can't be like a, it can't be a facade. It can't be a trend. You know, it can't be something like, oh, yeah, let's just do it because other schools are doing it and, and we'll get more attention. Be something like, hey, let's really invest in our African-American men and women. Uh, let's bring some of these top ESPN 100 kids that are, you know, really talented. And let's go out there and let's recruit them. Let's go really get them. Let's really show them that we're really interested in them. But I think 
yeah, they have to buy in into this whole idea. Um, a lot of these HBCUs aren't buying in as well. Um, kind of stuck, you know, for example, I went to Fisk. We're, we're starting to build it up, but we we dealt with a lot of trouble. You know, we want to do it our old way. Uh, we don't believe in changing and things of that nature. So I think once that comes into an okay, hey, we have to flip the switch. Uh, times do change. Change is inevitable, um, first and foremost. Um, and I think once that comes into an, an agreement, then we start building better facilities, first and foremost, because Fisk is right down the street from Tennessee State, but Tennessee State is always going to get the athlete first because they have the, the better attraction. And athletes like attraction. That's just what it is. They love attraction. They don't want to come to no small school. They don't. That's just, you know, you only have a few kids that may be willing to take that, take that leap. But most of them, they want big schools. They want to go into a gym and it's it's big. You know, they playing, they can shoot around anywhere. They can lift weights upstairs, downstairs, sauna, pool, all those type of things, you know. We may not think those things as, as administration, we may not think those things matter. But to student, which is the, the reason why we have an institution, is because of the students. We have to we have to see it their way now. It's you know, it's a little bit of time out for seeing it our way. And, I, and when I'm talking about our way, I mean staff and administration who are kind of stuck in traditional ways who kind of don't want to see the new way like that. And then after the funding, go really recruit. Um, um, I would say also stop hiring your friends. Stop hiring your friends. It's not. It's not working. It's not. What, working. what makes you? What makes you say that? Stop hiring your friends. Because it's not. I'm with the fist. I've seen plenty of people that's been, you know, cool with people that didn't have certain positions, but because they knew certain people, they got the position just because they knew them, not because of what they, you know, what they knew and what they could bring to the table. And I think that's killing us. Um, is 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 taking away from the the real um, tact that we have, you know, understanding the intelligence that we have. It's a, it's a lot of intelligent people that could be put into these positions that could really help grow your program. Um, but we're dealing with a lot of, hey, that's my friend. Oh, I seen him, you know, I seen him be a strength and conditioning coach one year, but that's it. So I'm still going to hire him. Instead of going to get a guy who has his master's and, you know, strength and conditioning certificates and like he can really show you paperwork and his, his, his resume and profile and things. Um, so I would definitely say that, like we're doing a lot of that and it's, it's killing us. Um, and that recruiting. Looks- and I would say recruiting, like just go really recruit kids. Don't get bare minimum kids. Like don't, don't get, you know, a lot of these D1 colleges don't go get the, the kid that needs to be work. They don't get the project. They go get the kid that's from their high school. That's probably the man on their team. Yeah, he'll be a project as far as college, but coming out of high school, it's certain things that a college coach shouldn't have to tell you or teach you. You should know, you know? So I would definitely say go get kids that want to play the game, want to learn the game. You know, we're dealing also with a lot of kids who kind of just playing around. They don't know what they want to do, if they want to play basketball or if they don't. So if they don't know, they don't know if they hoopers or basketball players, you know, and things of that nature. So I would just say, yeah, I would, yeah, funding, but definitely a lot of these schools just have to be with the idea. Like genuinely have to really with it. And see the and see the growth that can comes from it, the progress that can come from it, because it it can it can change not only lives of kids, but it can change programs, institutions, you know, for for the great. 
Speaking of change for the future, specifically in basketball, how do you feel about, I mean, it was the main topic a year or two ago about how, you know, we got the ball family, they bought the uh, professional league overseas, and it was Mm -hmm. a huge question about playing overseas. And now we have the NBA starting their own G League team specifically for those high school uh, students. I mean, how do you feel like that's going to affect the game itself, especially in line with what you were saying earlier? Um, Actually, I think it's going to help the game. Um, I think a lot of college kids that are coming out aren't prepared for the NBA, which is causing the lack of competition in the NBA today, the lack of uh, skill in the NBA today. Um, LaMelo Ball is the perfect example of why you go overseas uh, and skip college. Um, look Look what he's doing. I mean, despite his injury, look what he's doing. He's playing great basketball, and that's just because he decided to skip college, go straight overseas. And what overseas is, you're playing with grown men instantly. You're not playing with kids. You're not playing with, with, with guys that are your age or a competition that's around your area. You're playing with much better competition. You're learning at a faster. Um, RJ Hampton, um, for example, he's a product of that. Um, man, it's, it's a bunch of kids that's, that's uh, the young fella that plays for Houston now, uh, the lefty. Uh, he was in their G League. He plays um, Porter Junior. Yeah, Porter Junior. Like he's he's a perfect example as well. Like he's a mini James Harden almost. Like you know, like he's playing great ball. Um, I'm really happy for him, by the way. Yeah, same, same, <laughs> same. And then you have guys who come out of college, like um, say uh, not Jabari Parker, but um, Jaleel Okafor. You know. Mm. Dang, whatever happened to Jabari? That's crazy. Jabari is in Atlanta. He's in Sacramento, matter of fact. No, he, he just got cut recently, actually. He just got cut. After the trade but, deadline. But look at Jaleel Okafor. He came in the league entirely too early. He was not prepared for the NBA at all. But that comes from the hype, the trend. All my friends are going, so let me just leave. Instead of just being, being okay with saying, like, hey, I'm not ready for the NBA right now. So let the me stay. Is- I, I definitely agree with that, but then sometimes how I think about it in the college aspect is is like if you got if you got it going right now, like next year is not promised. Like you know what I'm saying? You gotta be having a career time Agreed. and then get injured that next season in, in college, and then next thing you know, your chances is like kind of blown. That's that's happened before where you know what I'm saying. So I think that's why a lot of kids do jump straight at it if they got a little buzz and then just go off. That too, and then also you think about, you know, livelihood. A lot of these young men don't come from a lot of money. So it's like at the end of the day, with with me saying that, I still understand the fact that, hey, if I get my opportunity to leave and I get to touch, you know, a little bit of money, but not even that, but I get to just change my life entirely. I I literally can go from where I'm at to something totally better. I don't knock you. I definitely don't knock you. You know, go change your life. I'm also saying that if you know and, you know, if you know, if you have an understanding that, hey, I can stay another year and I know that I'm doing the, I'm doing the proper training in off season, I'm doing the proper training in season so that if I take this extra year, it'll work out for me. You know, right. um, for example, Xavier Pinson, he's from uh, he's from Simeon. He's at Missouri right now. He came out with the with this initiative, thinking that after his first year, he was going to be gone. He's now going into his fourth year. And I think that comes from an understanding like, hey, yeah, I'm not ready for the NBA. And I need to stay 
and so so that I can prepare either for the NBA, overseas, or the G League. Either way I go, you know, I want to be properly prepared. And I think a lot of these kids should definitely, if you like, back to you, TB. Like, if you if you know you got it, and you know, like, yeah, man, I'm I'm out of here. Like, yeah, it's it's a wrap. Like, yeah, he's in the state. Like, yeah, go, you know, go go ahead. But I feel like if you know that you can stay and you can learn. Um, and you know for a fact that extra year is gonna it's gonna put you up. Like Ayo Desamu is the perfect example. He could have probably left after this first year, but he would have went super low in the draft, if not not even drafted. But now he's leaving in his third year. Now he's probably gonna definitely go first round. He had a big, you know, had a big tournament performance, so that's definitely gonna project him. So it worked out for him. So, you know, we have we both have multiple examples of how it could work, why it can't work. But I think to the gist of it, I think if you if you have the opportunity, take it. But I also would say at the end of the day, be smart. Just be super smart because that NBA isn't going anywhere. Facts. So on it isn't going anywhere. You know, it's not going to go in. It's not just going to up and be like, oh, we're gone. That's the highest level of competition as far as basketball. So it's not going to leave anywhere. So why are you on this topic, actually? It's uh, a lot of the things you're uh, you're talking about a lot of the characteristics. It sounds like it sounds like it's a lot of self awareness. So, from your opinion as a coach and as a mentor, I you know this is the top five podcast. So I'm sorry, but what are like your top five like traits that you should have? And regardless of whether it's basketball or not, whatever profession you do, what are some things that you should always be in check with yourself and knowing about yourself? Um definitely should always be self-aware um always be self-aware always know what's going on within you around you um um i was have have some sort of intelligence know something uh if you don't know anything know something um and then if you don't know go find out um so that would be on I guess I would piggyback on, be eager to learn, always stay knowledgeable, you know, always want to learn. Um, I would say um, discipline. Discipline is, is key. It's key. Um, with no discipline, uh, you can't pretty, you can't do anything without discipline. Um, um, and I would say also have a, have a, have a uh, passion or intensity or a call about life, you know, have a wantingness to want something out of life um whatever it is just you know have a wantingness to just have a real goal about life um so where it's just so it's so intense it's so it's so passionate that you know you don't even have to speak people around you can feel you you know you know just and and that piggybacks on be heard within yourself first be heard within yourself hear yourself first you know Know what you're going to be, know what you're going to do, know what you're going to be intentional about. Um, you know, your nothing can happen. Nothing can transpire in your, in your life if your accordance and, and what your intended and what your intention is, is not in line. If those are in alignment, then it won't work out. So you have to always, I would just say, oh, take accountability, take accountability, stay, stay accountable, stay accountable. Do not look at no one. Yeah, it takes two to mingle, but it's it, you know, it two to mingle. Yes, it's it, it takes two to mingle, but at the same time, 
you still put yourself in that situation. So what did you do? You know, what did you do first? What did you do first? So be accountable, um, have a goal about life, um, have some sort of intelligence, uh, be self-aware um, and, and, and be disciplined, be disciplined, stay disciplined. Like discipline is very in life, man. If you want anything in life, you have to be disciplined. You have to be disciplined. Um, but my biggest one out of all of those would be have a goal for life. Have a goal, have a real goal for life. Like have you just, it's, you gotta be so passionate, man, to where it's like, it's, it's, it's almost unexplainable within yourself. You gotta be so passionate about something. You gotta want something that just is, if, of course it'll always be bigger than you. It should always be bigger than you. Um, basketball first and foremost will always be bigger, bigger than me. Um, the kids that I have the privilege of dealing with will always be bigger than me. Hustle Academy does not exist without the youth, and that's plain and simple. Um, it's just that simple. I don't want anything from the kids. I want the young men to put. I want the young men and women to push themselves as hard as they ever thought that they could ever push themselves. You know, I want them to reach another mental altitude that they have, that they, that they never even thought that they could even experience. Man, I want I want these young men and young women to go go get something out of themselves instead of getting something out of this world. You know, because this world is going to leave them into like, you know, damnation, man. It's going to it's going to fail them. This world is going to fail them, man. They, they get to believing in all these fleshly things and all materialistic things, man. It's going to fail them. It's going to fail them when they get to our ages and they want to get serious about life. And they, I guess, all of a sudden decide that they want to do something. But that time is going to be too late. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's it's that's my goal. That's my goal. The youth. The youth is my goal. Um, I've been a kid. Um, I keep the kid in me personally. Uh, that's how I'm able to also relate to the young men that I'm dealing with, the young women that I have the privilege of also dealing with as well. Um, you got to keep the kid in you, man. We've been taught as young kids to 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 stop and stop stop kidding much. No, nah, no. Nah. What we should have been taught was keep the kid in you because this world, this world gonna get harsh. This world gonna make you cold, and you gotta laugh about something. You gotta laugh at something. Most in touch with themselves. Kids are the most in like children are the most in touch with themselves. Most in yeah, touch they're with they're the most they the most they're the smartest beings on this earth right now as we speak. I don't know about the smartest. They're the most honest. Kids be knowing what they be doing. No, I, they and be I only say and I only say, I only say the smartest. I only say the smartest because their minds isn't filled with the things that we have in our minds. Right, they're the most in tune. They're the most yeah, like no, they're they're innocent. They're, they're they're truly innocent. They're truly innocent. They don't know anything. They're also the most truthful too. Very kids want kids and pets will not lie to you. They gonna snitch first. Yeah, bro. <laughs> you know, kids and pets won't lie to you, bro. <laughs> nah, I had a student, this is a little off topic, but I had a student uh not last year, but the year before last. My phone had a serious crack in it, right? We was doing this small group out in the hallway and um, my phone fell out of my pocket. He picked it up and noticed the scratch or the, the crack on it or whatever. He goes, oh, my mom has a crack on her phone just like that. My mommy and my daddy got in a fight and my dad threw it. I'm like, yo, I didn't, I didn't need to know any of that information. He is honest, man. He very honest. I love the fact that you brought up um, how important it is for anybody, you know, kid, adult, anybody, whoever it is, 
to be an expert in something, you know, always know something. And, uh, you know, no matter what it is, and that kind of goes hand in hand with what you were talking about, with having that passion of life. When you're an expert in something, I always try to explain it to people. You know, the difference between a job and a career, a job pays you for your labor and a career pays you for your knowledge, right? No matter, you know, what, what aspect of what area you work in, when you're getting paid for your knowledge and you're getting, you know, compensated for your passion and everything like that, it doesn't feel like work. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's just you. So, like, how, how do you at Hustle Academy kind of break that down to athletes and break it down to really just anybody about, you know, how important it is to be an expert, no matter what it is, because it doesn't matter how good you are. You know, you can be Michael Jordan. You could be, you know, somebody, anybody. Eventually, Father Tom is undefeated. Yeah. Best case scenario, you go on, you have a 15-year career, something like that. You know, you still at the end of at the end of the day, you're still gonna have to do something when it's over. You know what I mean? So how are you gonna translate that passion into you know, into that expert analysis and, and being able to translate that after your playing days over? How some academy kind of help break that down to students? Um, well, so man, I, I try to always tell them to understand um honing in on their craft, even just that phrase and that concept of hey man, you know, um this is your craft. This is what you say you want to be great at, not good at, or just, you know, better at. You say you want to be great at this. So I, I let them know that real work will be required for this. Um, you will not, you will not be allowed to, to, in a lack of better words, pussy foot around with this. Uh, so if you, you know, so I let them know like, Hey, if you take days off and you come in and you play the game or you try to come in, like you haven't took those days off, it's going to show in your play regardless. So, I let them know, like, so for some of my students who may um, have, I don't know, maybe a lower grade than what they may like. So I let them know, well, you know, hone in on, on the lesson, read more. You know, you say you don't understand it, so read more. So it's, and, it, and it applies to basketball. So you say you don't understand how to do this, watch more film. You know, when you're not with me, watch these certain players. Um, you know, that's how you get better at your craft. Learn from other people, you know, because you can learn from other people. You're not the only one that knows something, you know, because knowledge also is inevitable. You can always know something, you know, and to know anything is to know nothing. Um, and so, yeah, so Hustle Academy is definitely geared towards like, you know, perfecting it, not, not necessarily perfecting your craft, but understanding that in order to have a craft, you have to understand what, what the work that, that is needed and required. You know, before you can call this your craft, you have to also put in work. You know, you know, and then also if you love it, I also tell them it'll never be a job or might even not even be a career. For me, it's, for me, basketball is a lifestyle, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I always tell them, you say you love it. And if you do love it, you, you'll show it, you know, okay. you'll show it. And I also tell them, and it goes back to, to Jovi's uh, question in the beginning about what is something that I expect them to have, you know, prior before we even have a relationship, initiative. You know, have your own initiative. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have to call me. You shouldn't have to call anybody about something that you want to do. You know, I tell them, hey, when you want to go to that party, you make, you, make the, you make the correct arrangements to get to that party, correct? So make the correct arrangements to get to the gym by yourself or with the trainer. Make the corrections to make sure that at this certain time, you may be reading or you may be watching this basketball player and how they play and how they dissect the game. You know, make a plan. You know, write things down because seeing is believing. 
You know, if you write it down, you have no choice but to complete it because it's right there in your face. That's fact. Speaking, about, speaking about vision, you know what I'm saying? And Hustle Academy is going to be have some longevity along the lines. I want to know where is Hustle Academy going to be in the next five to 10 years? Agent Banks is, you know what I mean, going to be in his prime. What was he going to be doing? I see, you know, you just you just had a partnership with Wilson um, and they, yeah. they threw you some basketball. So, you know, what, what what's uh what's next for you? What, what you got going on? Man, so the goal is to, you know, constantly um, cultivate, most importantly, and, and, and edify these young, these young student athletes. That'll always be the, the five to 10 year, 10 to, 10 to 15, 15 to 20 year. That'll always be set in stone. Um, but the goal is to um, have my own facility, my own gym, uh, where we, where student athletes can come in and, and practice, get shots up. Uh, we're going to have actually in the next maybe two to three years, we're going to start having open runs for these athletes, um, having more exposure, more cameramen to get these young student athletes seen and things of that nature. Um, but in the next five to 10 years, man, I, 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 by the grace of, by the grace of Allah, man, I plan to be one of the best trainers in this country. Um, if not the world, um, I plan on continue to, uh, help get exposure for these kids that needed exposure. I plan to continue to, provide opportunities for these young men and young women um, to the best of my ability. I continue to be a vessel and a servant, uh, first and foremost, uh, last and always, um, for these young student athletes. Um, but wherever, most importantly, wherever, it, wherever I'm meant to be, that's why I'll definitely be in five to 10 years. But I definitely uh, I plan on having um, tons of uh, female um, athletes as well as part of the uh, Hustle Academy family as well. Um, I have one on the up and coming. Her name is um, Tiana Washington. She's a freshman. Um, she's doing she's doing very well, um, coming in with great initiative, great energy, great effort. Uh, so the women's side, the ladies side of Hustle Academy is definitely in the, um, in the runs, in the up and coming. Um, and that. yeah, that. yeah, yeah, that's the fellas, you know? Oh yeah, that's definitely, important. definitely. Um, yeah, so I just um, I just plan on being a servant in a vessel of Hustle Academy, most importantly to the youth, uh, to the young kids, man. No matter the age, man, I just want to be able to, you know, to help people help me, um, and you know, in the lack of better words, people gave up about me. <laughs> so you know, I want to show kids that I give a, you know, I give a care about, man, genuinely and wholeheartedly. I don't want anything from these kids. I don't want anything from the parents. Uh, Hustle Academy is free. Um, kids do not pay me. Um, I, I don't want any money. I've been a kid. I've been a kid. I've been that inner city kid that wanted to play on that summer travel team but didn't have the money. Um, you know, I've been there before. I've been there, that kid that just wanted to get into the gym but didn't have no money to get to the bus. All right, cool. You can come to my gym anytime you want to. Just let me know what time you're coming. You know, free of charge, you know. Like, um, also, we plan on making a uh, – a uh, travel team. I'm now a part of uh, Players Approach. It's a, a brand 15U grassroots program. Um, I'm the training program, basketball training program within the brand. Um, and so now we're working on building a team of uh, 15U and 16U uh, lady, uh, women and uh, and men teams. Um, so we're in the process of that. So we're just trying to, you know, continue to to get the roster up and get comp good competition, play against good competition, um, be able to play in good circuits so that these kids can get the 
once again, necessary exposure, because at the end of the day, it is about them. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much what Hustle Academy is kind of will be in, in the next five to 10 years. As, as I see it, but you know, like Mike Tyson say, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> life. You, know, you know life life right right life that's facts that's facts <laughs> that's beautiful man hey look i can't think of a better put you on <laughs> than, than that right i mean we just put on everybody the whole audience everybody's a hustle academy uh the future present um everything man so that's that's beautiful uh i think that's probably a perfect leeway to our push you one segment um as you all know every week yeah I want to, um, I want for some last um, last comments, man. I want to give some um, some great shout outs to first and foremost uh, you all. Thank you all. Thank you all for having me. First and foremost, uh, it's a, it's an honor. Um, I always tell my guy Ron, however you prefer to him, uh, it's a pleasure to know my man. Um, so it's definitely a pleasure to know you all. So I um, I want to give a big shout out to the parents to Hustle Academy, um, all the supporters of Hustle Academy, all the supporters of me. Um, genuinely and wholeheartedly, I really mean that. I want to give a big shout out to Ishmael Habib, Ola Aji Boy, Jay Sean Stevenson Jr., Aminu Habib, Jamari Reward, um, Cal Walker, uh, Jalen Kittler, um, everybody, man, everybody, everybody, Jaquan Payton, um, Jaden Benson, um, all, all, all the Hustle Academy family, man. I appreciate every last one of you all, man. And, um, that's that's build, that's continue to grow, and most importantly, thank you for allowing me to be a vessel and a servant in you all's lives um, to have some sort of impact. I don't know what impact. I'm not looking for the impact, but I thank you all for allowing me to be present in your lives. Man, it gets no better than that, you know. And I know they all listening. You know they they love to hear their name shout out. Yeah, they so, tapping yeah. in. They like, yeah, that's that's me right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> tune in for that one. <laughs> right, right, right. It's the first time of many times we'll be hearing those names. So you know, make sure y'all on the lookout for those names. So my bad. Also, also, oh, also, man, all you. also, Coach Ferro, Coach Latroy Ferro, I appreciate you as well. Uh, Mike Smith, I appreciate you as well, man. Uh, thank you both um, for the opportunities that you guys have bestowed upon me and given me. Uh, thank you for the tutelage. Thank you for my mentor, uh, Jason Campbell of Brand B Sports, man. Thank all you all. Uh, you guys were, you know, vital um, to the trajectory of a young man's life, man. And I got to give you flowers. Hey, my man out here gave his SB speech. Y'all, y'all, I like that. I like that. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Nah, that's a fact. But let, man, let me start it off, man. I'll put you on this week. Uh, Chicago native, um, Mr. West, Mr. West, Mr. West. So Kanye West, uh, there's they he shot a documentary basically for, for the last 21 years, and Netflix bought it for 30 mil. They threw my man a bag. You know, it, it goes perfect with you know the south side of Chicago, you know what I'm saying? So that's my put you on. Shout out to the Midwest on this week's pod. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Oh. My put you on. It's kind of uh, futuristic, um, but it's a movie coming out named Monster. And it has uh, Nas and ASAP Rocky starring in it. Well, yeah, they, I, they, they're probably not the main characters, but they starring in it. Um, it's actually a book by Walter Dean Myers that I read back in the day. And it's really based on an uh, underage kid that got accused for murder. And, like, you know, so it's a, it was a really good book that I read back in the day. But now they're coming out with a movie. It's coming out soon. So, you know, y'all be on the lookout for that. Yo, that's mm -hmm. a good book with an orange cover, right? 
Say that again. They had the orange. orange cover. Yep, yep. Walter yep. D. Myers. Yep. Yes, sir. Yep. Remember yeah, that. Great, great author too. Grew up yeah. on that man. Yeah. The true story is it based on a true story? You said. I think so. Uh, yeah, I, I want to say it is based on it. It ain't like the real, you know, what I'm saying, but it's based off a true story. Yeah. Most of his books are though. Most of his I, books. I, are. I, honestly, like looking back at it, I feel like it's Khalid Browder's story a little bit, like a little bit. It did seem like it somewhat. But yeah, you know the scary thing. You know the scary thing though. It could be on a lot, like a lot of people's story. A lot anybody, of- yeah, it could be anybody. So you can you can close your eyes and throw a rock, and it could be anybody's story. So that's right, right, right. Yeah. That's facts. But, uh, that's gonna put you on, man. I definitely want to check that out. Uh, sure. You know, so one of the things we mentioned this before. One of the things I'm put everybody on to, or put people on to. A few episodes ago, we mentioned the top eight water. So I guess I could that could be the official put you on right here. Top. Mm. I don't have a bottle because we actually sold out. I like that. Yeah, I like you know, that. <laughs> available on Amazon. You see how I spell E-T-A-P-E. Uh, Top A Water is an innovative brand of water which combines healthy living, sophistication, and luxury all in one drink. So make sure y'all check that out. Uh, Black owned, of course, all the way through. Hydrate yourself. Support the community. Top A Water. That's what it puts you on. Man. They need to they need to get some Atape water in Chicago, man. Get them athletes some yeah, get them man, athletes hydrated, man. And we need some of them, we need some of them shirts, man. I gotta get y'all some of the merch, man. Oh yeah, hey, man. Nah, oh, definitely yeah. Right. Benjamin and Atape on the way to Chicago, man. You yep. know first. I'm a small, just you know, for the record, I'm a small and pretty much everything, just so y'all know. Um, but no, what's crazy is I was just telling somebody how, um, like, I haven't seen when that movie about the exonerated five when they see us because mm-hmm. the like Khalif Browder's story that was produced by Jay Z was like the last black trauma story that I like. Experience. The thing about yeah. it though is like that story. That story of the Central Park Five needs to, like, people that don't know about it, they need to know about what was going on at that time and, like, what, you know what I'm saying? Because that five could have been anybody. Like, they just pulled from, like, whoever they can get. But that story right there, like, I'm not going to watch the movie again. That's like that uh, Michael B. Joy movie. I'm, yeah. I probably won't ever watch it again, but I, I got the story. It. You know what I'm saying? But it's just one of those things you got to watch one time. That's it. That's it. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it. I still don't have the guts, the stomach to see it because ultimately I know, like I know how it ends. I know what happened. But one thing I didn't know about their story is the person who actually committed that crime that they got committed for um, or incarcerated for ended up, I guess, like staying to the one guy who got roped up because he went with his friend to the police station ended up admitting his like guilt to that that person i didn't i had no idea yeah, they ended up like they were in the same somewhere they're in the same prison yeah that's, that's mine that's the only reason why <laughs> anyway um this kind of goes into my uh put you on my put you on for today is this show called uh soul of the nation um it's a new show that i think the first episode just came out on Hulu, and it just kind of um, speaks to the Black existence in this country. And it's a bunch of um, really prominent people in the media and in the culture just speaking on their experience and um, Black people's experience as a whole. I haven't seen the first episode yet, but it's definitely on my list. So I wanted to also put that on your list. Um, that's my picture. Appreciate that. Um, I have a put you on. Um, it's a book actually by a colleague of mine's. He also attended uh, St. John's as well, Ron, and also got his uh, 
got the same masters and things of that nature. Uh, his name is Miles Carroll. He has a okay. book out called Wake Up Expecting. Um, it's basically about 12 principles that he learned through playing basketball that would help you, that would help guide you through life. Um, well, you know, allow you to keep, you know, yourself sufficient and things of that nature. It's a great read. Uh, once again, it's Wake Up Expecting by Miles Carroll. Um, it could be bought, I think, in Barnes and Noble. Um, and if you need your con, if you need his contact, I can, you know, give you his contact to where you can reach out to him personally and get a copy. Uh, but it's a great read uh, by a close friend of mine. Um, I attended Fisk um, with him and attended St. John's because of him. Um, so, yes, yeah, you know, small world, but I think it's a great, re great read. And it's Wake Up Expecting by Miles Carroll. Oh, uh, definitely. That's a good one. Appreciate that oh. one. No problem. Appreciate it. No problem. So my put you on for this week is, uh, I guess I'm going a little different place. Uh, my friend, uh, Drew, he, uh, you can find him on Instagram, a Kelly brand. And that's where you can find information about, he is now a residential mortgage loan, uh, agent. So you're working at buying a house, so on and so forth, DC, Maryland, Virginia, and I believe it's, uh, 37 other States as well. He's qualified to, I mean, get your house, you know, get home ownership, own property. I mean, that's a big one for myself. And I mean, anyone else who's ready to make that journey, I think that's probably one of the biggest things we learned through this pandemic. I mean, property sales and keeps people rich too. Where is he like the DJ Envy of the DMV right now? Huh? Is he like the DJ Envy of the DMV? You know, you know, DJ Envy be all, you know, plugging in. Right. <laughs> oh, I mean, I always I try to stick with when I do my put your ones, I try to stick with people I know recently yeah. doing something to gain the support because ultimately at the end of the day, I mean, I, I want everybody to do well, you know, I mean, I'm not going to plug in my like what I'm working on myself personally is I'm starting my own uh, consulting agency specifically in cybersecurity, but I haven't started that. So I'm not going to put myself y'all on to something I haven't put on to. But that's how you know I'm doing because like every time one of my friends someone I know a really close friend that I actually trust like I put people on to them like I don't try to just shout out just anyone every once in a while you know I've done that once had me looking bad blah 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 never doing that again <laughs> only people I trust I was like I don't care you can tell me whatever we're doing this for this group of people, but who are you as a person? What are your character traits? Are you actually going to fulfill the needs of the customer? Are you actually truly serving the community? And I mean, I, that's the only people I'm going to put on. You feel me? Yeah. The audience that doesn't know my case, I actually put you on a fire festival at one time and it kind of <laughs> credibility. So I got another, I got another, um, I got another put you on this for like future put you on, uh, uh, be on the be on the lookout for um, Agent Ronald Baines and Agent Darrell Banks in the near future. That's a nice put you right. nice put you on. That's yeah. a nice put you on. Yeah. Really, really be looking out for those two guys, those two good fellas. Um, I know those guys. I like yeah, those guys, those guys are going to do some great work in the near future. Seriously, uh, they're going to change some lives. They're going to impact some communities. They're going to do some great philanthropy for people around in their neighborhoods for their people. For other people and things of that nature. Once again, Agent Ronald Baines and Agent Agent Darrell Banks. Hey, that's a fact, man. I appreciate okay. that, man. That's well, a good Agent, well, Agent Darrell Banks, let the folks know where we can find you on social media. What's your at? What's your handle? What, where can we find you? Um, on Twitter, it's 
a sports professional. Uh, that's A S P O R S T S P R. I'm about to say, you just turned this to a spelling bee. Professional, yeah, correct. IG, IG is Hustle Academy. It's H dot U S L E Academy A C A E M Y. Um, Facebook, um, it's my name, Darrell Banks, uh, D-A-R-R-E-L-E, Banks, B-A-N-K-S. Um, and th that's where you can find me, all those three social handles. Um, but if you can't find me there, you won't find me anywhere. <laughs> well, folks, thank you for tapping into Top 5 Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed our um, show and our guest today. Let us know what you thought, what you liked. Um, I know there wasn't anything that you didn't like, but go ahead and hit us up on that Twitter hashtag. That's hashtag top, the number five, I-V-E pod. Let us know what you thought. Maybe put us on to somebody you'd like to listen to and hear from um, on the pod in our upcoming weeks. And we'll, you'll see us next week. Peace. Appreciate it again. Peace. Peace.